Hey, Nicole. Hi, Evie. Guess what? What? We have a really special guest tonight. We have our friend and very favorite transthropologist. Transthropologist. Marik Jensen, artist, activist, and transthropologist. Transthropologist. Is it, do we put the S in there? I can't remember. Transthropologist. Yeah, that sounds, it flows a little better. Marik. Hi. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, yes. Cheers to the queers. Oh, I love it. How are so you all doing? So how now? are you, Marie? We haven't <laughs> talked to you in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I know. That's crazy. That's wild. I know. It has. So, okay. In a quick nutshell, how have you been? <laughs> I've been good. I'm really good. Like, yeah. I'm... I'm so good. I really feel like the last interview we had had some magic in it because I remember a few things about the interview and I remember, well, two things. One, I remember that um, right around that time, I was getting prepared to start my transitional surgery adventures, which of course, like if you know trans folks, you're not supposed to ask them about their surgery, but for the sake Mm -hmm. of this conversation, I haven't talked about it, so I would love to talk about it. So I give my full consent on that. The other thing I remember about our interview was that I was walking through my loft and I felt like I couldn't fully breathe. And I swear to goodness that I think I might've had COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was in like November, right? It was like late November that we did it. And I, I remember right around then having been like, why can't I breathe? Why do I have the shortness of breath? Truly. Oh yeah. my God, that's terrifying to think about. Well, I, yeah, I had a uh, 103 fever in the very beginning of February and it only lasted for like a day and a half. It was a really bad fever and I was like, at night and I was like, and then afterwards I was like, I wonder if I had it. I mean, it, I, I don't have, I never have a, like I, I get sick, but I don't have a fever often. That was one of the only times I had a right. fever. Yeah. Yeah, wild. Well, you know, like we had such a great conversation last time. I mean, the subject matter wasn't particularly light and fun. Um, Trans Day of Remembrance is, you know, not particularly a joyful subject. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really glad that we get to have you on and we get to talk about something that does bring you joy. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm really excited. And and we are very honored that you want to talk about your your transition experience, your journey, your adventures. Like yeah. Really honor. Like we are honored. So thank you yes. very much. Though. Well, um, you know, I will. If you think of like, you know, Debbie does Dallas. We can do like Marie does America. It's, it's oh very girl. It was very that for the past uh, year. Um, I so I, <laughs> I'm excited to share some stories. Marie does America. <laughs> America. Uh, all right, Marie. So usually how we start this part, we kind of go with like the last, I don't know, week or so. How's your week been? It's been great. Um, so yeah. I'm actually back in Kansas City, um, and I and I say back because um, starting in August of last summer, I actually got on the road and was um, traveling. So I um, left Kansas City. I kind of packed up, got a van, got an old SUV van, and had it converted into a camper in the back and put my dog in it and was on the road working remotely. Um, so I'm back in Kansas City because I found out that for Pride Month, we just formed um, in the spring of this year, Kansas City formed an LGBTQ city commission. And so um, one of the first 
sort of like special orders, special recognitions that the commission has done was to recognize um, specific LGBTQ, BIPOC, so Black, Indigenous, people of color leaders in organizations that were working towards the liberation of LGBTQ people of color. And so part of that was they recognized me, which I'm gagged. I literally never would have thought that would have happened. And then also yeah, they were long overdue. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it was it was um, it was really I, I, I honestly like I mean, it's like an award, whatever. Right. But like it was super uh, affirming. And the thing it was affirming about wasn't no, so much about like the LGBTQ stuff and activism I've done because like that I know I've, I've, I know what I've done right like and I know the good stuff. It was affirming around my race. It was affirming around like being seen as a queer and trans person of color, woman of color, which I felt like I had a lot of experience in the Midwest and in Kansas City where that was sort of up for debate for people or like you know one minute they're you know okay with me acknowledging them a person of color next minute you know i'm too light-skinned or um i'm too you know i have too much access to resources or i'm you know not within specific communities enough and so i really kind of struggled even having done my own queer and trans people of color programming to feel included in that so to be recognized by the city and by this commission was really cool and then the organization that i helped um found and start or that i founded and started uh transformations was also recognized so both me and sort of my my baby org were recognized so it was it was a really cool experience I was back I'm back in Kansas City actually leave tomorrow um, and I got to see a lot of people and then all the icing on the cake was I came back you know I drove 27 hours from Seattle <laughs> it was mm. not fun um, and I have a puppy now so it was me Henry and our my puppy Zuri um, and so I was traveling back um, and I had to kind of get back in time um, and then, you know, get my, my hair done and my nails done and, of course, all that stuff before oh. the, the thing this Friday. Um, but also I was like, y'all ain't slick. I know what you do, you're doing. They, you know, I was like, you guys just want to see what I look like after all this surgery. Like, that's what's <laughs> really going on here. You want the reveal. <laughs> They're like, let's see this bitch. <laughs> right? Well, I'm sure you gave them quite the reveal, honey. Absolutely. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> All well, about congratulations, though. I'm really, that's so fucking awesome that you and Transformations was recognized. Like, Definitely. That's a great name, too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's all really beautiful. Thanks Thank for you. sharing that with us. You Absolutely. know, I have to say, whenever I'm traveling anywhere, and you, after having traveled all year, you must see a lot of trucks with, like, trans national, trans Atlantic trans lines, you know what I mean? Like, and it's all, you know, short for transportation, but literally that's never what I read. No. <laughs> never. That would be super amazing if like the trucking industry was just really like, you know, pro-trans. Really ahead like, of the game. Really, yeah, like really, I mean, I feel like truckers get a bad rap, but like there's some, I don't know, I follow a few on TikTok that seem pretty chill. And, like, I don't know. Oh, maybe, I love that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, like I feel like that would be really cool if they if that was actually what it was about. I, I thought I wanted to be a semi-truck driver when I was younger. That's, that's what I want to do. I told you already, but I want to like, uh, yeah, that's a whole different story, but I want to be a semi-truck driver, like cross-country with me in Texas. Just see my dog. Yeah. My dog. See, we got dogs in the background. See, welcome. We are a dog-friendly podcast. Is that? Uh, that is that is my dog uh, greeting somebody in this experience, in this process. I'm not sure who's come to the door. 
but he is definitely making sure that we know there is someone here. They, um, they do do that. They do do that. They like to say hi. Yes. He is coming into the office with me, so hopefully we won't hear him bark again. Oh, that's we okay. Be. Henry. It is Henry. That is definitely Henry's bark. Come on, Zuri. Let's go. Um, I yeah no you know the truck the truck actually so I have a a, a weakness for truckers in terms of my travels because truck stops actually I stayed in truck stops overnight I didn't want to spend money all the time in, in hotels or Airbnbs so especially if I was going to kind of like a destination where I was going to put down roots for a bit I would stay in truck stops and I actually felt super safe when there was like all these truckers on at night with their lights sure and then I'd be in my um, you know, I'd be in my little SUV with my dog and like no one ever bothered me. I felt like actually like some of them were kind of just like keeping an eye because I felt like some new to like, okay, there's, you know, this this woman in this um, SUV with her dog and I always made sure to park in like a, a very lit spot near you know, an entrance is something that's open 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I felt really safe with the truckers. So I kind of have a little soft spot in my heart for them. Oh, I love yeah. that. Well, you know, and truck stops are just seriously <laughs> fucking dreams come true oh my on gosh. the highway. I mean, you need a shower, you need a condom, mm-hmm. you need a <laughs> shitty perfume, you need a boyfriend. breath spray, boyfriend, you got it. You can get eggs and a boyfriend. In one <laughs> and, books, and I found when I was traveling, I found that they have like a little library system for books on CD. Older, uh, really? but yeah, there was like you could like rent them, check them out from certain truck stops, and then return them to other truck, to other truck stops. Oh my and, god, that's so cool! You know, my girlfriend and I we drove across the country what, like 16 times in a couple years because for some reason we decided when we lived in California to drive back to Michigan every time. It was an adventure, you know, and so we did that and we stayed at truck stop, Walmart pocket parking lots everywhere. But truckers were always so chill and like we didn't have any bad experiences with them. We were really nice. Um, and we stayed in a lot of them, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I like the trucking industry. I think that there's a lot of like pretty good people involved in it. And yeah, yeah, I would Mm -hmm. definitely, if I could take Texas with me, Texas is my dog. I would 1 million percent be a trucker. I'm short though. And I did read the requirements and was like, I had to be like an inch taller than I actually am. to be able to see over the steering wheel. Right? (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) bad but uh how was your week nicole fucking awful i know <laughs> my week was the worst week anybody could ever oh, no. I'm yeah sorry. um i live in detroit and everything flooded so my whole bedroom flooded like flooded like six inches deep of water yeah sorry just... have you seen the uh have you seen any of the the images and stuff from detroit over the weekend no what happened flooded pretty bad i mean oh, cars no. on i-94 and i-75 were like we were we drove in downtown detroit on saturday afternoon and there were cars just in the middle of the street abandoned yeah it was like the rapture had happened it was nuts but there were cars like they were the water was swallowing cars up like it so, was in, entirely oh, like underwater yeah that's, so thankfully, that sounds horrible yeah. yeah thankfully that didn't happen so i can't say it was the worst week but like so, but my bedroom is underwater, and my like a lot of things were just ruined. You know, your bedroom's I, underwater. Bad. Well, yeah, it was for a few days. It's a little oh drained my gosh, now. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's a bummer. Oh, my shoes. I would be furious. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bummer. I'd be like, this is it. Last up. year is 
no reason to expose that right now. There is no reason to say that. I, it's just a summer shoe. They're easy to wear. That's fine. There's no reason to talk about my Crocs right now. Um, the Crocs were saved, though. But all my boots, like, just, I don't know. I, I uh, it's, it's pretty, like, rose water, too. And my roommates, we, like, let, I was in bed. And I was I decided to do laundry. I was like, well, I need to wash everything that I own right now for some weird-ass reason. No. So, also, I had to take the, la- la- like, laundry out and just let it air dry in the musty-ass water room. It was just all bad. Everything that was, everything that could happen happened. And everything was gross. And now my life is just, like, rusty and musty and gross. And I have to move again this weekend, and I just moved, and so it's like it's a little stressful. And I'm having some banking issues. Like it's been a stressful week. Yeah. But I oh, am no. staying at my mother's yeah. house. My mother's house is very comfortable and nice. And I'm staying there for a week. She's out of town, and um, I'm rewatching New Girl to like take my mind off of all of it. So Perfect. it's the only thing that I have going right now, because otherwise I am figuratively, literally drowning. So how was your week, Evie? Uh, my week was good. My dad and Mary Beth, my stepmom, came to town this weekend. So um, so that was really nice. We got to, you know, spend time with them. And we haven't really spent much time with them since COVID, you know, mm-hmm. since before COVID started. I mean, a little bit here and there, but all social distancing, being able to hug and do all that stuff was nice. And nice. it was fun. And, yeah, I mean, although we had, like, the craziest night on Saturday night trying to find a place to eat because of the flooding. There were so many places that were closed. Oh no! God, that sounds so <laughs> I tragic. I know it Amy. was so tragic. I'm so. I mean, we almost weren't able to eat. I'm so sorry. You had a hard time <laughs> finding a place to park while going out to dinner. <laughs> well, because we were flooded. I I'm so sorry. It was very troubling. The other thing that we survivor. did. Okay. The other. I know. Honestly, I mean, we made it. Okay. We made it. I we mean, I it. almost started chewing on my arm at some point to, you know, help curb the hunger. But then we found a restaurant and everything was fine. Um, Which restaurant go- was that? You know, honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't matter. <laughs> I don't even know where we ate it. We ended up in Gross Point somewhere. Oh, my God. You did? It was awful. Oh, cool. It was Gosh. wonderful. It was an adventure. I hate everything that you just said. (laughs) Okay, but the other thing that we did, though, that was really cool, we went to uh, the Ford Paquette uh, assembly plant. So it's basically where Henry Ford created and manufactured the Model T over Mm -hmm. 100 years ago. And I'm not a car person, but my dad's yeah, a car guy. terrible, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and my dad's a car guy, though. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to do this. You know, Model T's, okay. What's a Model T? This is, like, the old-timey cars. Oh, like the big, this like the ones you draw in elementary school with the square? Yeah, and okay. the ones that, you know, like, when you, like, the big horn on the side is, like, that, like, rubber thing that you put on the wall and you've got to... <laughs> <laughs> And I got to blow one of those horns. The guy let me, although I probably wasn't supposed to mention that. Anyway, um, it was cool. I mean, like, I actually enjoyed myself there. I'm not a car guy, but again, I loved seeing, like, this cool, like, innovations and technology was, you know, interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you had a lovely week. Yeah, I had a great week. I'm so happy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. <laughs> Everything I own smells like mildew. I'm molded. All right. Um, You're a moldy oldie. I really am at this point. Literally, like, everything's gross. But 
I think we should get to topic. Let's get to I topic. I feel like topic is going to be so much fun tonight, and it's going to be so much more interesting than me rubbing in your face how awful your makeup is. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Medicaid. This Hello. episode is all about you and your journey, and we want to hear all about it. And I don't really want to take away with some witty quip. I just want to. Okay, how about let's start with this. Last time we talked to you, you were in Kansas City, and when, during the intro, you told us that you moved. Mm-hmm. At the you know you just sort of kind of picked up at the end of last summer and started traveling. So let's talk about Marie doing Murica. <laughs> Marie <is> Murica. <laughs> Which I cannot yes. take credit for. I must say that should be this episode. did called. come up with that. Trademark. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all came up with the best statement last time. I mean, you said transthropologist. So yes. um, I kudos. Love that, love that. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, let, let's 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 circle back. Let's go back. Ooh, can we should do like a fun sound effect here? Like, yeah. So, okay. Right. So after after our last show together, you started taking some journeys. I did. Yeah. Well, so we talked in November, and then um, you know around that time, I I left, and then I went to um, New York and DC for the holidays, and. Uh, I was going to, God, it's wild. I was going to have surgery. I was going to have my first surgery. And it was supposed to be with a doctor who I ended up not going with. Um, he was based in Philly. He's kind of this, like, very, like, well-known sort of older surgeon who does a lot of trans health surgeries. But I just wasn't getting a good feeling about him. Um, and just something for folks know when they're considering surgery, those consultations that you all can request and have do it even if you know it's like you're like I don't really want to spend this money I think it was well worth it because um, it gives you a sense of your surgeon's personality and who they are and so I actually had initially talked to two surgeons who were very well known in the field of trans surgery and I didn't go with either one of them um, and one I, I really thought I was going to go with um, but uh, I ended up going with a surgeon um, two surgeons I, I went with uh Dr. Um, Kio Jampa, which he's in San Francisco, um, and he also has an office out in LA, and he did my face, um, and then uh, he did all the bone work and stuff, and all the, the major stuff on my face, which for trans women, that's called facial femme surgery, or FFS, so I had my FFS with him, um, and that was actually this past March that just happened, so March of 2021, um, but then um, the person who did all my body work, so I had um, my BBL, so my Brazilian butt lift, um, I had sort of like a, not really a tummy tuck, but I had some, um, some of like just my stomach tightened. Um, I had ultrasonic, uh, lipo, um, and then skin tightening as well. Um, and then I had my breast augmentation and then the doctor also took fat and put it in my cheeks and my lips, my temples. And so all of my soft fat tissue grafting and my body work was done by, Dr. Zukowski in Chicago, and Dr. Zukowski's definitely been in the the field for a long time. He was recommended to me by a lot of my um, Latina trans girlfriends, um, because a lot of them would go to him, um, and I really liked his work. And so I had those surgeries. Those were my first two. That was in November of 2020, and then I had round two where he did my breasts, 
and he did kind of revisions and that was in February of 2021. So we'll get to that. Yeah. But (laughs) your first surgery was multiple surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was, it was pretty intense. Um, and, uh, you know, I knew that I was going to have surgery and I would definitely want to talk about sort of what that experience was like, but I knew I was going to have surgery and I knew that was kind of on the horizon. And I was living in this um, artist loft in downtown Kansas city in the crossroads district and was dating this guy and really sweet guy. It wasn't going to work out for us though, in terms of a relationship. Um, but, um, Oh, wait, I wait, no, I wasn't. I, I hadn't even met him yet. That's right. I We went on one date. We went to a bar K. We went to a dog park slash bar, which was actually really cute. Those um, are the best places oh on the God, planet. so fun. It was probably one of the best dates I've ever been on. And then the day, literally the week after we went on our first date, we got put in quarantine. So... Oh. Yeah. Him and I were like, uh, like, we don't really know each other like that, but do we want to keep seeing each other? Like, and so we really had lots of very deep conversations about, you know, harm reduction and like safety planning and like what partners we were seeing and all of that. Um, and I ended up dating him for three months and then we still maintained, you know, we still were friends after that. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of right, you know, that's that spring, that winter and spring, I had um, not gone through my first surgery. I kind of went back to the drawing board looking for my new surgeons. And that's how I found these two that I ended up going with later on. And so, then no, wait, COVID I want happened. to interrupt you really quick and, and ask you, so what was it in terms of the, the two doctors that were super well-known for the work that they do? Like, what was it about them that made you decide, yeah, this isn't the right fit for me? So one uh, you know, am I able to say surgeons' names? Yeah. Is that okay? Great. Um, so I was gonna go with um, Doctor. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Doctor uh, Sherman Lees, um, in Philadelphia, and he was gonna do all my FFS work. And you know, I so here's the thing, right? Like when you're going through a surgery, you also have to become an expert on your procedures. So like you're going through them, and then you have to quickly find out like what, like what is the, like, what, what are the surgeries that you can have and and sort of what are the ways they're going to do it? So for instance, he wanted to do, um, cheek implants on me, which I ended up getting fat in my cheeks instead, just my own fat, which I really like, but he was going to put cheek implants in me. He was going to put silicone in me, which I didn't want any silicone in me. And then I found out like that where he was going to place them, was going to kind of give me more of like a dragged out look. So it was going to lift my cheekbones really high Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of make them more like, you know, like when you see like yeah. those old school queens on pageants and they're like severely contoured, it was going to give that look, which would actually make me look more masculine. Um, and then I also found out he wasn't going to um, drill in the implants. So he wasn't going to use like a surgical like uh, screw to keep them in place. So there's a risk that they can move or they can shift. Yep. And I was like. Yes, I I had asked questions to him about, you know, sort of like, hey, like, um, you know, what are we doing here? What are we doing there? Blah, blah, blah. And kind of as I was talking to other surgeons, and he got very defensive. And I had a really bad last minute experience with him. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, if you can't answer these questions for me, and this is going to be in my face for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, no, like that is to not cross go, do not collect $200. Right. Like Um, I expect that from, like, I expect my tattoo artist 
to let me ask fucking questions, right? Right, right. I would absolutely expect my surgeon to to let me ask questions because, yeah, what you're doing is life altering and Mm -hmm. potentially, you know, I mean, there's always harm whenever you go under, you know, or uh, not harm. But danger. danger. Danger whenever you yeah. go under. Risk. You know? Yeah, the risk. Dangerous. Thank you. Risk. Yeah. Will Robinson. Um, so yeah, I mean, you should be able to ask questions. And I and I and I know surgeons can be tough yeah. managing that because they've got such egos about them. Yeah, good for you for doing that and advocating yeah. for yourself. Cause I'm not not a lot of people do that. And I I'm a, I'm afraid that I would like end up kind of just being like, oh, okay, well, they probably know best. Yeah, you know? that's and what that's, I yeah. feel like, too. Like, I would have probably been like, oh, okay, if that's what you think would look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So good for you for, yeah, really doing your research and knowing what yeah. the fuck you wanted. Yeah, well, one of the things that was interesting, you know, when I was like, hey, I'm just trying to ask these questions, and he was like, well, if you don't like me, you can go to someone else, truly. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. well, well, Queen, I'm going to go to someone else. Because, like, uh... hello, defensive <laughs> much? Yeah, yeah. And then the other person I talked to who's like world renowned, he did Gigi Gorgeous's face was um uh oh my gosh, uh Dr. Uh Spiegel in Boston. Um oh, and I I don't know him, but I know him. Yeah, and I yeah. actually had the worst experience with him. So he yeah. charged he charged like two hundred dollars for that consultation, and then we literally got on the with a Skype consultation where he's you know they see you and then you send all your like pre-op pics of like you know this is what I look like right now. So it's like you're full beast mode because you have no makeup on and you're like you know make me a, make me a swan. <laughs> and uh, and I sent those over to him and I remember um, him looking. You know, we got on the call and he was like, okay, so you want all these things done? Yep, I can do them. Any questions? And I was like, you have you have to be kidding me. Like, like there, it felt like it didn't actually matter who I was. Right. Like he's like, yeah, sure. I can do this. And I was like, so there wasn't, um, he didn't have a good bedside manner, which is a word that they use in the surgery field. Um, and I felt like I was just a number to him and I was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. So I ended up going with Dr. Zukowski in Chicago because he was really, he took a lot of time to answer my questions and he kept, you know, I'd follow up with more questions and he would answer them. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily feeling like he could do everything I wanted with my face in terms of all the bone work, but in terms of body, um, I was like, he was going to, he will give it to me. And, um, I will definitely say he gave me a body. (laughs) Gave you a banging body, baby. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I went from like, having a pretty small Twinkie frame in my twenties to like full on, you know, like Megan the Stallion, you know, breasts and curves and butt. So I'm very happy. Uh, the boys like it a lot. So you know, <laughs> yay. <laughs> well, you know, the most important thing is that you're happy. Yes. But the boys liking it is probably not a bad side effect. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, not for you at all. <laughs> The boys. For for Nicole, that would be a bad side effect. No, I you don't want to bring all the boys to the yard. Um, I don't know. No, I don't. That's why really like boys. Yeah. And not milkshake. To be fair, I'm, I don't let it's, it's not it's not it's not really my that's not my jam at all. Yeah. No, no, no. we don't want that. The dudes can suck it. Well, I mean, I mean, all men. <laughs> all men. <laughs> Sorry, that's kind of our. I mean, listen. Okay, I, you know what? I have sisters. They seem to love men. So we have these conversations all the time. <laughs> I don't get it. But to all of those who do, Godspeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so um, 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, I mean, that's, that's really incredible. And I'm, uh, I'm really impressed and I love to hear that. Cause that even gives me like, I mean, not that I would be in, I don't, I don't, you know, the position of like, hopefully this, uh, dealing with a surgery, you know, well, you're going to be having to dealing with that crack. I don't yours. <laughs> well, okay. So, so better maybe, advocate at the dentist. Thank you. Actually, maybe I will. No, because I am, I'm terrible with that. I really am. Like I actually, um, I was really interested in medicine when I was younger and I studied mm. it a lot. Really liked, I loved um, osteopathic medicine. I really got into it. I really wanted to go to medical school. I thought about it a lot and I'm actually not versed enough, but like enough to ask questions, you know, yeah. but I'm still fucking intimidated. I'm intimidated, especially by surgeons. They're like celebrities to me. I'm like, they kind of are. And, you're right. And they, and they definitely some act like they are. <laughs> A hundred percent. And especially some of the doctors that you talk about and like, and in Boston, you know, I lived in Boston for a very long time and I know the medical community fairly well, because like I said, I was really interested in it at one point. Mm -hmm. And, um, I worked with Fenway health a little bit and, you know, I just had some friends who, um, you know, had kind of like thought about, uh, different surgeries and stuff like that. So I kind of remember those names being tossed around and Boston is, it, it that attitude is huge there. I mean, there's just kind of this idea of like it's an epicenter for health, right? Like Boston is where you go, and I feel like it just gives these surgeons this like god complex. That's like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's out of control. It really is. Mm -hmm. I even had to see an e an ENT. I mean, talk about the nerds of surgery is an ENT, and I remember being like this woman that um. She was so fucking mean. I just remember being so mm. rude and cold, trying to talk to her about stuff like that. And I didn't end up going back. I ended up going to a, somebody in Michigan. But again, an ENT, literally the nerdiest surgeons. Ear, nose, throat. Yes, thank you. That's what kind of surgeon. Yeah, I was like, what is ENT? I was like, it's not. It's oh, not the ear, people no, who show up with the ambulance. That's EMT. No, <laughs> ear, nose, throat surgeon. And she was so incredibly rude. I actually, I waited on her randomly at a restaurant I worked at. I was a bartender. Mm. Oh, that's thunder. And she, um, and she was like nice then, but then when I went to see her, she was so standoffish and cold and rude. And I just remember being like, I'm all sad. I'm not going to sit and talk about my allergies for like, you know, I've got allergies. I'm like, I'm not going to sit and talk about that forever because like it was uncomfortable and I didn't go back for years. Yeah. Cause I just, I didn't, I wish I would have been more like, no, I'm going to, you know, my insurance company rather is going to pay you a lot of money. We can have this conversation. Yeah. But I always felt like I was taking up time and stuff and like yeah, yeah i i really do like being able to ask a lot of questions the problem is though that like i also like not being at the doctor well, so same. yeah, it's, I well, like, yeah. No, so like so what what i mean is that yeah exactly it's like i forget half of my fucking problems the second i step in the door That's i am just there at this point now to do the basic the things bed, yeah. that I have to get through because I'm going to completely forget about the cyst on my finger or mm. whatever <laughs> giving me problems because I just want to get the fuck out of there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's actually pretty fair. So I'm, I, I really am not very good at advocating for myself in terms of, of health, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think well, that it, it is amazing when, when somebody does that. No, it, it really does. It gives me that kind of like, okay, well, you know, and again, I get the dentist. So I have that coming up and now I have this. And my dentist is like very busy. I hate the busy thing. I get it. You're a dentist. You're a surgeon. You are fucking busy. Fair. But like, 
the biggest thing is asking questions, right? And I, even when I was there, I was trying to ask a question about getting this one thing done. And I swear, I talked to three different people, told me three different things, and then I just left at the end because I was like, whatever. Well, also, I mean, yeah. like, they, they also will come at you with, like, such authority. Like, so my best friend was in the hospital last week, um, hmm. and he he has muscular dystrophy. And a surgeon came in to talk to him about such and such that he doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And he said to the to, to, to Mike, he said, but don't worry, that wasn't caused by your, your multiple sclerosis. Oh, mm. boy. And so Mike at that point was just like, all right, you need to turn around and get out of here because you clearly don't know who you're talking to or what you're talking about. Yeah. And I was so mm-hmm. proud of him for doing that as well because it's like most of us would be like, Oh, okay. I would, or, yeah, you know what I, I mean? would. And I'm, you, you I'm not a pushover, but I, I feel like I yeah. honestly would it's have. It's the authoritativeness, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, Merike. Yes. Merike. So, how did you decide on what your first surgery was going to be? Well, yeah, I mean, so there was a few things that kind of I was thinking about. I mean, one was like, where am I going to even be prior to it? Because there's a lot of like, so this is interesting. I never, I did not know this before surgery. You actually have to, if you're going to get like body work done and you're going to get lipo, they actually recommend that you gain kind of as, as, as much weight as you're able to that is manageable and still in a healthy range. So I gained like 30 pounds for surgery because he wants to know like, where's the fat going to hit me and where's it going to be at? And then he goes and kind of sculpts away at it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then he adds it even more to places to kind of complete it out. So um, like I, you know, I kind of got up in terms of my weight and stuff um, to give him, plenty of fat to work with. <laughs> now, what happen. was that like for you, though? I mean, like, was that hard, like, in terms of, like, you know, body image is such a difficult thing. Oh, sorry. Right? And, sorry, 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 sorry. We can actually take a break right now. Yeah, why don't so you can give yourself break? a second, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and we'll come right back to... That. For sure, yeah. In terms of, like, having to gain the weight for the lipo, what, like, how did that affect you, like, mentally in terms of, like, body image and stuff? Because, I mean, you're already kind of going through a process where you're, 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 you're changing your body to, to reflect your inside, right? And, like, in the way you, you want to, to be seen in the world. And, like, so having to sort of, like, gain weight in a way that might be uncomfortable. I mean, because gaining weight can be uncomfortable on, you know, small body frames, Mm-hmm. And it can fuck with your body image of yourself. And you're already kind of going through all of that, like transitional stuff. Like, was that like a thing for you at all? Or was it more like, girl, I get to eat all the Ben and Jerry's I want. You know, I think I definitely enjoyed the like, certainly the the uh, the hibernation period, <laughs> you know, because because it was before COVID was happening. Right. And so I was like, well, this is easy. And thankfully, the guy I was dating at the time, he really, I mean, he felt I was beautiful. So, like, as I was gaining weight, you know, 
I was, there were moments I definitely remember asking him and being like, you know, am I sexy? Like, does my body look okay? And he was like, yeah. And then he's also like, you know, I think it's going to look amazing after surgery too. And that was really hard for me to trust yeah. random men, cis men that, you know, to trust that they knew what they were doing. And it really was like, wow, I definitely have like trust issues <laughs> because sure. I was like, you know, having to go through and, and assume that these guys, you know, I, I knew I, I was like, I chose the right folks and I had to trust my own instincts. But at the same time, I would say, honestly, beyond the weight, there was just the fear of like, is something to get fucked up? Like, is am I going to have like something botched? I mean, I know so many trans women, especially who are older, who have had something botched on them. And I was like, I really hope that that's not going to happen. And thankfully, nothing like that did happen. Um, Certainly. Well, I mean, and and, you know, with the lack of health care for trans people in general, I mean, so often people turn to, you know, sort of like street remedies or, you know, home remedies and things like that. And I've heard of like some just horrible things, mm-hmm. you know, trans women injecting cement to, you know, form their butts into bigger butts. And it's just like horrible yeah. to think yeah. of. Also, I get it. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. So, yeah, so it's 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 good that you knew what you were doing and you were going through all the right steps. And I mean, so but it does sound like that body issue was not your body, you know, yeah, body issues weren't the thing. It was more trust issues. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely trust issues. And I think it was also, you know, being like, I don't even know what I'm going to really look like, you know, because like it, people have this idea that you're going to get surgery and they give you all these like um, maps and graphs and they give you an, an after pick and that's not something that really happens. Like I didn't have like, you know, I wasn't like I was looking at this image every day in my bathroom and I was like, there you are. You're going to see her soon. You know, it was yeah. like, it was like, um, I'm doing these things. I think, you know, I have an idea of what it's going to look like, but I wasn't really sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, so surgery was, it was, it brought up a lot of trust issues for me and it made me excited. And, you know, the other thing too, that I, that I, um, is that the surgeries I had were, I mean, just the ability to have surgery is a privilege, right? Like it is a major privilege to be able to have all the surgeries that I've had within the time frame that I had them. I mean, that is um, that, that is not the norm for a lot of trans women, certainly a lot right. of trans women of color. Um, and so uh, I never, when I transitioned, I never even thought I was going to have surgery, honestly, for a while. Right. Um, it was a good friend of mine who actually um paid for my surgeries she said you know it was a woman (laughs) it was a cis uh uh cis woman who's an ally to the lgbtq community and she was basically like i believe in you and i want you to have this and she paid for my surgeries um and that was also really hard to um to accept because i was like what you know and then i was like then i remember being like you know kind of like, where are we going to fall on what can be done? And she really, in some ways, gave me, you know, uh, the opportunity to really shop around and find the folks that were going to work best for me. Turns out that she's this, like, you know, trust fund baby who's getting rid of a lot of her wealth and money. And she's a white person who is, you know, donating um, a lot of her money and resources back to support queer and trans people of color, um, that she that she believes in as well as um queer and trans organizations that she believes in um and so i was very 
honor that her. she had done that. I know because she's she's really involved with um, Surge showing up, showing up for racial justice. Yeah. yeah, she's like the opposite of a Karen. We need a name for that. Well, that her name is Susie, so she's a Susie. <laughs> I'll take it. That's Susie. Susie. That's so true. Such a charming name. Yeah, it is. But also that, I mean, yes, it's amazing that she did that. But, like, she definitely saw something in you and knew that, like, I don't know. I feel like it was kind of, I mean, that sounds trite, but kismet in a way. Like, the two of yeah. them that happened, you know? Like, yeah. It, it doesn't, was, I mean, yeah. Like, not just a gift in earnest. Like, you, you're doing... So no, I mean, educating and the, it's thing, the thing is, it's so often when somebody gives something of that magnitude, right? Like they want to have like a dictate around it, right? Yeah. Like they want to be able to say, you know, I mean, shit, fucking somebody gives a dollar to a homeless guy on the street and they want to make sure that they're not spending it on beer, right? Like, yeah. you know, so I mean, like a gift of that magnitude, you know, a lot of times there are going to be strings Certainly. attached. And so like the fact that, you know, you were able to... You know, to accept the gift, because I understand yeah, the accepting I, of that would be very, very wrought and, and mm-hmm. hard. But also, like, uh, that she was able to extend that in in a true ally way as opposed to a dictator kind of way. You know, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, and I I was really, um, I was so impressed by her generosity and her kindness because, um she, uh, like, I was just very impressed by what she had done because I didn't expect that. And she certainly didn't want any credit for it. Um, she, uh, she had done it and, you know, wouldn't even like, even when she donated to transformation, she wouldn't, she didn't want to be named as a donor or anything. And she had donated a significant amount of money. I feel really lucky that she did that. And um, she did it in such a way of, of, you know, she didn't want any, she didn't want to even be mentioned, you know? And so that was hard for me too, because I'm like, wow, like I'm having this thing done. And like, I want to shout from the rooftops and thank you. And she, that wasn't what it was for her at all. It was part of her, part of her, um, part of her anti-racist practice. She was like, you know, I inherited this wealth from, you know, my family's white, we inherited this wealth, uh, you know, probably not in the best ways in some ways. And so, um, you know, she's like, I want to give this back. And so she's um, really kind of redistributed a lot of her funds and her money. I mean, you know, she's she has quite an, an amount of money that she has given out. Um, and so I was not the only one to sort of receive a very generous gift like that. But um, I've just been really, um, you know, it, it, made, it changed my life. I mean, it changed my life and it was from someone who wanted nothing from me and having been through this stuff I had been through as a young person and as a, you know, my early twenties, I mean, this, for the fact that it was a woman and the fact that it was a woman who it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like she was attracted to me. It wasn't like she wanted something from me. She did this because she was my friend and we had been friends for years prior to her doing this. So I never even knew she had money like that. And so it was amazing and so sweet and um you know she has changed my life like this it sounds sad and and facetious and like it shouldn't be that way but the surgeries have completely changed the way that I feel like I move through the world and the way that I feel confident in how I show up and for myself and in spaces and I knew that I was going to have all these surgeries so kind of the weight was like I would say round the first part of like preparation and the next part was like traveling, you know, across the country and like, you know, getting gas in the middle of 
Arkansas or Mississippi or, you know, rural Idaho um, and and not having had surgery yet and then starting to have surgery and then I'm, I'm recovering from surgery. So my face is swollen or my body's swollen or, you know, thank, thank goodness for the mask. That's all I'll say. Like, I also right. would just <laughs> use yeah. those masks as my cocoon phase to like really... <laughs> Um, kind of be incognito. Um, and I know a lot of trans women actually who use COVID in that way. And that was something I wanted to share is that I felt like COVID actually, it was all the things about how COVID of course was horrible. And it certainly like killed a ton of people. And like, there's many things that were not good about it. I think for a lot of trans women and in particular trans women of color, I think COVID was a blessing for a lot of us. I know a lot of my girlfriends who are like, it, it freed up their ability to, to leave jobs that maybe weren't supportive of them or they felt trapped in or they were able to take what they were doing and go virtual. Mm. And so therefore they were safer. Um, we walked through the world with masks on our face. So a lot of the girls, you know, we call them the dolls. A lot of the dolls were able to like, you know, do electrolysis pretty intensely because to do electrolysis, you have to grow out your facial hair. And so like we're able to walk around and go to electrolysis appointments, you know, and go to the store. I have a one of my my best friends. She's a black trans woman. Um, I remember distinctly going with her to Target um, prior to COVID, you know, in the pandemic. And she uh, she would go and she would every time there would be something. Somebody would say something. Someone would try to start shit. Someone would be making some catty comment behind their back. And so she was in hyper defense mode all the time. And then the pandemic hit. And she could just go to the grocery store and come out and be completely fine. And nobody said shit to her. And she was like, I have literally not experienced this. Like the pandemic brought there. Yeah. I love this sort of like alternative side to the pandemic. Like, so tell us more though, like about your travels and stuff. Like what took you away from Kansas City? Like what, what? What was sort of the determinative factor there in, in picking up and leaving? And like you'd obviously you'd healed, I think, probably from your first surgeries by then. Well, so I hadn't even had surgery yet. So I, I left Kansas City. Yeah, I left Kansas City in August oh. of 2020. Oh, you said 20. That's right. You did say November of 2020. My bad. I apologize. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, so the pandemic happened. I was dating this guy. We were together for a bit. It also brought up a lot of stuff. This is interesting because, like, it's my first real relationship as a trans woman. This guy very much cares about me. He's very much attracted to me. He very much affirms me in a lot of ways. But there is also my own demons happening that I think a lot of trans women carry around, which is, is this man confident being seen with me in public? Because we weren't in public. Our entire relationship was in my loft. And he lived with family members, so I never went over to his place. So, like... I was like, I think this guy likes me. I think that he's like proud of me, but we wouldn't even be seen out in public because nobody was going out in public. So I'm, so you're dating someone that you also know there's a distinct possibility that he actually could be the kind of man who never wants to be seen with you out in the world. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, like that, that sort of, you know, that hidden away restaurant that you might go to once in a mm-hmm. while. Right. Yeah, in the shadows. Let's get the shadow corner. To you or anybody they know at. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, we all dated that person. I, I mean, <laughs> during quarantine, I dated somebody that we didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we split up when quarantine started ending. Like, we didn't leave her apartment. We didn't leave her 
I mean, not her bed in that way, but we would just watch movies or stay there. Or totally. And it totally. just didn't, even, even as little as walking, like taking the dogs for a walk, I feel like we did that separately. I, like, I don't know what it was with her, and I, I don't know that I will know because we split up in like such a that way you know but like literally we dated through quarantine we did not leave her house and so we were never I can't even think of it as a relationship in that way because I'm like I don't we, we just we, we didn't leave we didn't leave her yeah and I mean she had issues with her sexuality and there were things going on and you know, we talked. We've talked yeah. about this before, and so I, I, I often wonder that if I was like, well, what if this is like just her time to like date a woman, but like, it's like you know, the the practice, the experimentation, you know, yeah, that, like, like you know, like she maybe she didn't go to college and she just needed to give it the old college try. I don't know. Yeah, well, she did go to college. <laughs> she went to she went to a Christian college, to be fair. Well, so there you yeah. go. And her dad, you know, like her dad was a. Uh, one of those minister or pastor I don't know but like so yeah all of that all of that I did meet her family which was odd but I don't know in what context I met them like I feel like I was probably just a friend that just randomly showed up but like we didn't fucking sorry, like she doesn't have anywhere else to go dad I, we didn't leave her house and I at the end of it like during it I was like okay well it's quarantine like and we talked so long we talked for a year before that we talked so long mm. about actually meet because there's a lot of things you have to consider while dating in quarantine okay right yeah so mm-hmm. we both got tested we both did that stuff and then we met up and we just dated we we jumped into it and dated because then we couldn't go anywhere so it was like this thing where we just sat y'all you hauled heavily all yeah. the fucking time. Turkey baster the All whole night. the time. Oh my god, she was literally in love <laughs> that week, saying like big things, and I was the whole time. I'm like, what is going on? But it's quarantine, right? So like, I that's I excused all of that. But then when the things started changing, we split up, and I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, also, do I know what that means? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Was it like a yeah, so yeah. it's a weird thing that like I, I it I sit and I think about actually fairly often because I was like wow that that did happen we did have right? that relationship in that bubble that did happen right right I know there are times where I'm like do we have did any that pictures happen? I don't know. we did don't have happen? any pictures we have nothing that it didn't happen right mm. I mean it's, <laughs> if it's not on Instagram it did not happen we don't have anything. <laughs> like when it ended, I actually like I don't mean not to be dramatic, he but thought I thought about taking a picture. Like, let's get a selfie. Well, I kind of like unfriended her on all social media because I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like mm-hmm. Well, I remember we, you told you you texted yeah. me and said, Should I unfriend her? And yeah, like, yes, we had this conversation yeah. where I was like, well, I think we were together and I think we split up. I don't know what ha- I don't know what's happened the last two months. All I know is that I sat at this fucking girl's house every single day on her bed and she made me watch Marvel movies. That's all I know. Like, it was just this weird ass relationship that happened, but I honestly think that it was this, I mean, not to say it's the same because it's not the same, but maybe there's something similar, you know, and I don't want to like, this girl, I'm sure she was dealing with her own stuff and stuff, you know, her sexuality was maybe like, this was an issue, but maybe this was an opportunity to just kind of be herself and have that relationship, you know? And like, it wasn't public and it couldn't be public. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not, like, angry at her or anything like that. I mean, it's whatever. It, was, yeah. it, it is what it is. It was what it was. But, like, it is one of those things that's, like, 
Yeah, I had that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened, Medicube? Well, you know, one of the things that happened, I can totally relate to so much of what you're saying, because like one of the things that happened is, so I didn't, I didn't know pieces of him. I, you know, I got, I, I got pieces of who he was and he was someone that uh, a totally sweet, kind man, like, absolutely. But I didn't know he was like suffering with drinking. And so he would kind of always come over and be in a really good mood and, you know, I didn't see the before and after. And then I kind of remember like three months in, I was like, oh, like, I think that you might have a drinking problem because we went out to happy hour when things were starting to, things were starting to get a little bit more loose. People were doing the patio things, right? So like we went to a patio and we had like one drink and he was like gone. Like he he couldn't even like really talk. And I was like, what is going on? Like, will you slip something? And then I was like, oh, you showed up here drunk. Like you were like, this, this just did it for you. Um, and it kind of started to make sense about other things. And, you know, I think I share that with y'all, like on the last talk conversation is that I, I just, I have, um, I have empathy for a lot of these Midwest men who are very repressed in, um, and they're feeling, you know, feeling the roles that they're in in life and what they're doing and how they're showing up for people. And he wasn't showing up for himself in a lot of ways. And, um, I did say to him, though, you know, um, after we broke up, I said, I literally need to thank you. And I appreciate everything that we had, because if it wasn't for you, I would have been completely alone, truly, because I don't talk to my blood family and all of my chosen family. They all were in isolation, too. Mm -hmm. So to be somebody who doesn't have blood family and to be in the quarantine and literally, you know, then. Um, May and June and July happen. And so George Floyd's murdered. We have BLM, you know, demonstrations um, and, you know, asking for again for Black Lives to Matter all across the country. And Kansas City was, you know, having folks get gas. That gas was like carrying into our neighborhood. It was coming in through our our loft. Um, And, you know, white people are acting a fucking fool in Mm. a lot of places. You know, so I so I remember being like, I think I might need to get a gun. Like, I think, like, for the first time in my life, like, I think I might need something. Because I really was, like, in full, like, apocalyptic mode. Like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to go down. I also get that, like, that's a huge thing for you. Yeah. To feel the need for that. I get it. I mean, that's for sure. For sure. For sure. And then there were other trans women that were killed during this time, too. So it was just there was a lot that was going on in Kansas City. And again, recognizing that that's not going to probably be me. I'm not a black trans woman. I'm a light skinned Latina trans woman. But like, you know, still right. Like there was all of these different things happening. And so for me, kind of when I realized and I lost all of my consulting gigs, like I had one that remained, which was the Transformations Youth Organization, because we're all contracted out as consultants. But um, I had that, but I had some major things happening. Like I was supposed to lead a racial justice and equity summit for the arts community in Kansas City, and that got canceled and a bunch of other things. And so I was like, oh shit, like I don't know what I'm gonna do to sustain. And then the most beautiful thing happened and lots of people learn how to use technology. <laughs> and, yeah. and that changed my life when I realized, oh, shit, here yeah. we are. See, people, finally, we can start to do trainings online. We can start to do stuff. I was like, okay, I am free. I was like, buy Kansas City, right? As soon as I got the gigs and they're like, of course we can do virtual trainings now. Of course you can do uh, a racial um 
equity workshop for our team. Of course, you can lead us in these best practices around LGBTQ youth. Of course, you can be on this keynote panel conversation. I was like, I'm done. Bye. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, okay, oh, I'm free. Yeah. So that was like the final push. And then I was traveling. I, oh, goodness. Oh, well, I, no, wait, really quick. Yeah. So you said sure. you were traveling like in like an SUV, right? <laughs> that you yeah, like. I, Kind of I became the official training of Annie. Yes, all of okay, it. Okay, so have you watched Nomadland? I'm sure that everybody... Of course I did. Yeah, I totally loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved so it. So good. It. So basically yeah. what you're telling me is that you were Nomadland. I was. I was doing that because, you know, during a pandemic, there must have been some algorithms for so many people because I think that's when a lot of people really started to watch fan life and get really into it, a lot of new folks. And so I was really, really, really intrigued by van life. I, in fact, was like, I'm going to do this at some point. I'm going to save up money and build. I, I couldn't do just the van for long. And so I was not living in my van. I would use it as, a, as like an overnight stay as I'm driving because I'm too much of a diva. I needed a place to put down roots. I needed a place for Henry. I needed, you know, air conditioning, all of that okay. stuff. But, That's so awesome, though. I like so. Basically, did you already have the vehicle that you, or did you like just find some shit that you, you know? Yeah, I got like, a, I got a two thousand. Yeah, I got a two thousand six Toyota Hybrid, um, Highlander. And I had the back seats, all the back seats removed. And then they had like, um, I had seen someone do a van conversion, kind of for like off-road camping for. Um, like there was kind of like wooden shelving built on one side. I have a mini fridge in the back of it. It's like, I can totally sleep in the back because it's now completely flat and you can pull up kind of the floorboards and put stuff under them. And then I got this big, like, um, attachable, like, uh, like cargo box that's on the back of my SUV that has a lot more of my stuff in it. And then I got a huge sports rack to the top that is not spilled with with that filled with sports stuff at all, but like shoes and extra clothes and stuff and wigs. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just need to know those details. Go on. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, and that, and then I traveled. And so I was in the Pacific Northwest um, in September of 2020 and I arrived and I had this whole plan to be like, I'm going to go camping work. I'm going to be like in nature. I'm going to have the whole Oregon hippie fairy journey. I'm going to go to some like queer commune and I'm going to meet some like hot guys. who are going to love my body. And none of that <laughs> happened because oh. it was on fucking fire, you know? <laughs> so I arrive and the whole coast is burning down. And I remember being in my Portland hotel room for like three days and I walk outside and the sky is like orange red and it smells like barbecue, which where I lived in Kansas City, you know, we're a barbecue capital. So I was like, oh, this is this is normal. I'm used to smelling barbecue. And then it wasn't barbecue. It was the, <laughs> the fucking forest on fire. And it smelled delicious. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I went to Seattle and I was basically inside the whole time because the air was so toxic. And um, I basically spent my time in September in the Pacific Northwest inside. It was also the first time I really thought about global warming. Like, really, I was like, oh, wow, like, this is wild. I was driving from Portland to Seattle. And on the left side of the highway, there was fire for like 35 minutes. It was it was wild. And so um, and then I left and went back to Kansas City after that for a bit. And I drove through a huge dust storm. And I was just, you know, and now Seattle right now, right? Like they're having the biggest heat wave they've ever had. You know, it's the hottest it's supposedly it's ever been on record. I mean, it's just, um, it really made me think about like, okay, 
I did all this. I had these plans to go to Oregon potentially to try it out. And then I was like, I don't know if I want to be in Portland because now all the new data and demographics and info coming out is saying like a lot of the Pacific coast is going to be unlivable in like 20 years. And so, you know, like I was like, shit. So the irony is that one of the places that has become like, that's going to become like a, uh, a, a kind of like a treasure for living and for the new migration we're all going through is the Ozarks, which is hilarious because that's where my dad's from. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I grew up going to the Ozarks in the summer and being around a bunch of, like, racist clan white folks on my dad's side. And my mom's saw Mexican immigrants. Have you watched the show Ozark? Yes, of course. Of course. So good, right? That ending. Yes. Yes. Wait, wait. Have they come out the last season? No. No, the last season? Last episode of the last season, yeah. Yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. No, it's coming out soon, though, I hear. Um, like Netflix is supposed to like release a bunch of shit in July and like everybody's like, fuck, I don't want to leave my house again because of Netflix. You we know? can't For leave sure. it. Fucking 30 degrees out. Detroit's underwater. Pacific Northwest is on fire. <laughs> Everything sucks. We can't leave anyway. So what I want <laughs> to know though is so basically what you're telling us is that, uh, oh, what was his name? Clay. Marty? Marty? Clay. It was Clay. Hey, what the fuck is Clay? Isn't Clay the... It's Marty. No, Marty Bird is the main guy. Oh, I'm okay. talking about the, the hillbilly, oh. the guy who grew all the poppy, the the yeah. the, the boss of, like, the redneck yeah. crew. I think it was Clay. Okay. That was Clay, yeah. right? That, who, You're basically she... saying you grew up with Clay and all of those Totally. Folks. Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. That was my dad's, that was my dad's family. Um, so it this whole journey has also been really... Um, you know, I always describe the Ozarks as I'm like, you know, like I'm from, I'm Ozark white. My dad's Ozark white. I'm like, you know, let's say wash and like, you know, they make meth and there's a lot of incest and abuse and they learn how to drink when they're 12 and people laugh and I'm like, no, but I'm serious. Like that literally is yeah. like, that's the Ozarks in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, and, you know, and I loved it as a kid, but it was also a place that had a lot of trauma for me because my dad and his family didn't ever intercept or step in when, um, my dad was beating the shit out of me and my mom, you know, and then my mom's this Mexican, you know, she's from Mexican immigrants and the family hated that he was married to this Mexican woman. And they had this like super soft, you know, artistic, young, quote unquote boy. And so, and I, and I, you know, basically they passed me off as white and that was kind of their little dream child. And then I got, you know, and then, and then I kind of was stepping out of the gender box. So like, okay, what's going on here? Um, but I was back actually in the fall um, after I left uh, Portland and Seattle. I went actually to Eureka Springs, Arkansas for a while and met this like Springfield boy man um, thing. I don't know really what to, <laughs> it's like a boy man combo. Boy man was, thing. I like boy yeah. man thing. That's, can we refer to all men now as boy man things? Boy I think man hashtag thing. all boy man things. All boy man things. <laughs> no, this Man thing sounds great already. Go ahead. <laughs> we need to well, get with all men thing. We are bitter, not bitter, but like just kind of like it's a running joke. We don't really mean it. It's just a joke. It's just. I a mean, joke. if you're all if you're feeling men. sensitive about all it, boy men thing. I think you should probably examine that. Me? Mm-hmm. No, men. <laughs> Hashtag all, all boy men. men thing. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, he, yeah, he was. He was like a, a boy man thing. He was. A, he was a very mysterious man to me because he had his own company. He had 
he I felt like I finally achieved one of the mile markers of a trans woman of color. Like he had been to prison. So I was like, oh, I got some prison trade. Yes. You know what I mean? But also like but um and he was and he was so um sweet and tender with me, but he when we didn't talk, like he like he was like almost unreachable. But he um so yeah. who knows what was happening in his life, right? Like I, I'm sure there were lots of things going on that I wasn't aware <laughs> of. Uh but he wasn't my boyfriend, but he was somebody that I was dating. Um, and I dated him basically from like October till December. Um, and he, I went to, he came to Eureka Springs a few times. We went, I went to Springfield. He came to Kansas city like two or three times. He actually, um, I have two things that I'm really, that I was, that was like the highlight of my fall. Cause I'm Halloween obsessed mm-hmm. and same. I've always wanted, you know, I've always wanted that fantasy. I wanted to be like this like cute woman that like, um, you know, is looking a lot younger than I am and uh, wearing like cute fall sweater hoodie with some like leggings and the boots, you know, and the hair. And I'm just like, hey, guys. Right. And I had that whole journey and I got to do that and be very like fall cute. And then we went to like three haunted houses. I just... (laughs) got my life you know we went to I went to three multiple three haunted houses with this hot guy that I was totally groping in the haunted house the whole time like it was perfect I loved it (laughs) it was great so you know he kind of I kind of my world was wrapped in like hanging out with him and then traveling and working of course and I I, one of the things I did professionally was I launched this series this summer after the uh, murder of George Floyd and um, the newest sort of wave of BLM. And it felt like this time around, white folks finally cared. I don't know what it was, but it yeah. felt like, especially white women. Like, I felt like every fucking white woman I knew now was like, oh, my God, Black Lives Matters. And I'm like, really? Like, all of a sudden, it, it just clicked for them. And I, there are some theories, right? Like, one was that, like, being in pandemic, being quarantined, people are a lot more attached to the news and media. So people are watching and really being able to take it in, in a way where, like, they hope maybe were reflecting on it differently or it was hitting them differently. And so um, I actually launched a leadership training series. That was a five-month series for white women in leadership to address racial equity and to address specifically the ways that they as CEOs or executive directors or leadership in their nonprofits or businesses or small businesses that they own or businesses that they work for, corporations, how they leverage their power as a white woman, how they create a culture that is either, you know, white supremacist, you know, white, like plain cultures of white supremacy, misogyny, or how they're actually doing anti-racist practices. And so it was led by myself and three other women of color, and which included also another trans woman of color um, and two cis women of color. And it was really successful. We had like 28 women on it. Um, and, you know, they they really got a lot out of it. Um, and that was another thing kind of that I never had a training series like that before. I had the modules, but I hadn't have that specific series. And so it was really good. And I was kind of leading them through that as well. And then right after that, I, I started my first round of surgery. So then it kind of just became surgery world for six months. Mm. And so that's kind of where I've been, you know, like I had yeah. surgery in six months. That's a crazy amount of time to do three major surgeries and spend that time recovering. Um, and thankfully all went well. Um, and then after my last surgery, which was in San Francisco at the beginning of, at the end of March, 
I drove a week after my surgery recovery. I drove to Seattle, and then that's where I've been staying since. Um, and so it's been a lot of traveling across the country because I also was in New Orleans. I also was in um, Virginia. I also was in D.C. right when the Capitol riots were happening. Oh, my God. I mean, like, Seriously? it was wild. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's been a lot. Yeah, that's fucking incredible, Marik. Thanks. Yeah, I, you know, it's good because I feel like one of the ways that I let can also leverage my identities as somebody who, you know, is part white is to be in spaces to talk to white folks. I, I don't feel like those are spaces that um, certainly a lot of dark skinned people of color or people that don't have white in them or people that are black um, want to be in. Right. Like yeah. they're like, this isn't my work, but I felt like one of the ways that I could leverage experience and um, wisdom and best practices was to specifically talk to white women, um, to talk to the folks that didn't want to be the Karens, who wanted to be the Susies, right? Or who who were thinking about like what they could do in their organization, their company, because everybody, right, put up a Black Lives Matter banner or photo on their Facebook or social media, or maybe they put their business said, you know, had a Black Lives Matter flag start flying down. And then it's like, well, do you have any policies that address racism? Do you have right. an anti-racist uh, practice? Um, do you, like, have people of color who are in leadership positions or trans women of color who are in leadership positions? Um, and so those were, like, things that um, kind of got brought to the table as I was in those training spaces. Um And they were also really cool because, like, I was going through surgery. Like, I started my surgeries, and I was even recovering from some surgery. And uh, um, the women kind of got to see me right after my first surgery. And so that was really cool. You know, like, I think for them, too, one of the other things for them is they had probably never been in a real conversation, quite frankly, with a trans woman of color, with a trans woman, nonetheless. So Mm -hmm. there was multiple things happening. They were learning from me. I was, um, you know, we were having real talk conversations, but they also were, um, but they also were, you know, probably learning too a little bit about the journey of a trans woman and what that may look like. Even though that that wasn't necessarily the purpose of like why they were there, they were also getting that sort of benefit. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's a default of of being around me. Oh my goodness. Awesome. And hey, Henry, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> he wants to make sure y'all hear him. Hey, you know what? My puppy. Henry is a welcome. And, and <laughs> sorry, I mean, like, she is welcome to speak as much as she would like. Um, I, they're good. I think they went outside. <laughs> or is, is that the right pronoun for Zuri? I might, I might have the wrong pronoun. Oh, Zuri's definitely a little bitch. Yes. Okay. Completely. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me. You know, I got to say, you know, how often people are, like, super concerned about animal pronouns. Yeah, but. But yeah, don't give a shit about people pronouns. It's so worked up with It's so fucking insane to me. Like, my, my actual dog and cat don't give a fuck. If you say he or she. Yes. Mm. But my friend over here has said, please call me by this pronoun and you've got a fucking problem. Right? Like, why is this so hard for you? I, it's, I have so, 
such a problem with animals without thinking that all cats are girls and all dogs are boys. It is so ridiculous and embarrassing. And I still constantly am like going to the default of like my four year old brain does that as well. Cats are females, dogs are males. It's so a hundred percent. Yeah, I hate that about myself. I'm working on it. I think about it all the time. Well, I think <laughs> there are some some cats are drag queens. Well, like my dog now. Texas, I agree with that. So it's a very female, fair statement. Always like the dogs, the boys, and I'm like, ew, where is that coming from? Where is this like ideal of like masculinity <laughs> and pets? But, like it's just I don't know. I think about it way too much. Okay, so in terms of like all of this like fun adventure stuff, is there like anything else that like kind of sticks out to you? In I mean, because you've had a crazy fucking year and a half. Amazing. I've had Amazing a crazy year. And a half. Yeah, yeah, I mean, an exciting, crazy, wonderful year and a half. And it's um, amazing, and I want to yeah. hear more. I mean, I've taken on some cool um, clients, and I can't really talk about the work that I've done with them, but I'm actually working with Bumble now, which is really cool, you know, the That's dating app. Um, and yeah. it's exciting because they just uh, – I think they just got their own stock, you know, and it's one of the largest women-owned companies mm-hmm. now in the, I think in the world, which That's is exciting. kind of phenomenal. Is yeah. this investment advice? Are you saying <laughs> I should invest in Bumble? Because I do. I do feel like women should invest in Bumble. Yeah. Why not? I think Bumble is really cool to um, to look at right now because you know they're one of the largest um, women-owned companies and they just got their own stock. And yes, invest in them. I think that they're great and they're really championing um, some issues around racial justice, supporting women of color, supporting um, folks with disabilities, supporting supporting LGBTQ communities, and supporting trans women. Um, So that's really cool, because in my experience, I haven't seen a lot of dating apps like that, um, that really are explicit about the fact that they are for trans women, and trans women should be included. Um, And so... Yeah, I mean, it's it's my favorite dating app of all the like, I think dating apps are terribly awkward in them. But like, so Tinder is what it is. Hinge is a little different. Those are the three that kind of like I go through. And then Bumble is like that like beautiful middle. I don't know how just Bumble is like it's the most user friendly. I feel like it just I don't know. Bumble's Bumble's definitely my favorite out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love them, too. And they've been great to work with. And so I'm just uh, yeah, it's been a good year and I'm excited to kind of see where things go as they get settled in Seattle. And one of the big things that is up for me now is just, um, really trying to find trans women of color spaces and, and meet my sisters because quarantines happen. Seattle takes it real seriously, you know, cause COVID one of the, one of the epicenters of the start was there. And so, um, you know, now people are kind of coming back out and, um, starting to kind of dip back into communities and, I also am just excited to go out and like have people see me because I haven't even been able to really to go outside yet and, you know, go to clubs and stuff as the new me. So um, I have this really sweet guy that I'm talking to and I'm hoping that uh, I really want to have an experience of like going to um, like a really nice restaurant and then going to a dance club and just being able to like dance on my hot boo. I want that. Bad. that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love this journey for you. I love this journey. You You fucking deserve it. You fucking earned it, girl. And one of my favorite things in the world, and like one of my, it sounds, I sound silly to say a dream, but like one of my biggest things is to go to Seattle. So I've been to, basically I've been to every state in the United States, aside from like Alaska, I've been to Ohio, Puerto Rico, but like all the continental United States, been all of them. 
Um, I've been to uh, Washington and Oregon, but I've been on the other side of the Cascade Mountains. But I've never been to Seattle. And I just, I know myself and I know the weather that I like. I, you know yes. my feelings about green and I need to see more green in my life. And like mm-hmm. Seattle, I just, it's like this dream. So I really want to get there in the next few months. So Nicole is colorblind. I am. Marie. Oh. So like, <laughs> this is a recent discovery. Well, no, I mean, we I knew. I mean, it was in the past year. <laughs> yeah, but so. I, I knew something was up. Well, I, I, I had a feeling. I mean, yeah. But it, it's yeah. a recent confirmation mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I mean, it started off with little things like, I drive a green car. And she's like, no, it's not. It's brown. Like, my living room walls are green. And she's like, no, they're not. They're beige. I just had some problems with seeing colors. But I've always so, loved forest green because I can see it. It's the only green yeah. I can see it. And it's so beautiful. And green mm. is the most magical color in the world. Absolutely. It's, it's ethereal. I don't know how to explain it. But when I see it, I'm, like, enchanted. It's mm-hmm. because you don't get to see it often so, enough. Seattle, to me, is green. <laughs> No it's, shade. And no I, shade. I want to be immersed. I, I like I watch TikTok videos all day of Seattle. My like whole for you page is either Taylor Swift or Seattle, and like or or the Pacific Northwest in general. Not even just Seattle, rather just the whole Pacific Northwest. And I just want to be immersed in green. That is like this dream of mine to be like in the middle of all this green. And I've tried to get it here in Michigan, and there's really beautiful places. Uh, I mean, Michigan is incredible with the green it's not, it's not that green well it is in the summer right like in the summer and spring there's incredible greens there are so many different shades of green and i get it you don't get to see them <laughs> and i'm not like actually saying that like to rub it in no i know i know i'm saying that like <laughs> as somebody who's like who has appreciated that yeah about sure I yeah there are a lot of things about michigan that i don't love but that is one of the things that I do love. So I like I I can see green. I can see forest green. Right. I see forest green well. I feel like when I see like the evergreens, like those trees, yeah. Like green, I can see that green. Yeah. Like just on regular trees, it's like beige or brown, right. even a little tint yeah. of red, even if it's not like fall. Yeah. I know I'm not seeing the right color, but like yeah. I know Seattle is gonna be like well not even Seattle but Washington is gonna be this like magical fucking experience of green. It is. It will. It really I will. Yeah. Go. Go. To so, yeah. walk through the woods and see all this green. I'm going to oh, die. It's so I'm beautiful. So and I have, I, when you get there, I have the perfect first hike to do for you. Yes. It has like oh, nine God. waterfalls on the hike. And then you end up at this huge, like giant lake that's like nestled in the top of the mountain. Uh, so that's all I want. I just, I'm going to mm-hmm. fly out there probably in the next couple months. It's just she's gonna stay in your backyard, uh, <laughs> even if you live in a condo situation. It's fine. I, it's I, an alley. Just, I don't care. She stay there. It's fine. I'm totally like a gremlin. But no, I'm just. I can't <laughs> wait to fly out there. Maybe check. Maybe see Darcy to do a little LA first. Fly up there or something. Do like a few weeks. But I want to like go into the Olympic Peninsula. I want to do all of the stuff that's green, and I'm so excited. It's so beautiful. Pacific Northwest is so beautiful, and it's a and, you know, I mean, it's also where, like, lots of crazy, like, supernatural phenomenon happens. Right? I'm just saying. I, know. The I think tape. it's, like, the place that believes most in it in the entire country. I, mean, I think there was stuff that came out about that. Black tape. It's, it's just it's, so good. I feel like, you know, I don't, this sounds silly, but if you've ever thought that you have, like, a soulmate in a city, and maybe it's because Seattle I haven't been there. I feel like Seattle, 
or I mean, maybe Portland, but for some reason I'm more drawn to Seattle than Portland. And I know the differences and I know like the queer communities and stuff. And, but there's something about Seattle that keeps pulling me there. Yeah. There's this part of me that feels like Seattle is like my soulmate. Yeah. In a city. And I mm-hmm. love Boston. Dang. I love Boston. You know, I love I Boston. Know. Well, we've talked about Boston as your the mistress. mistress, but I feel like Seattle is like my soulmate. See, I already said you might have a new uh, mistress in your life. Yeah. I mean, you I don't know. <laughs> Seattle has something over me, so yeah, I really, I really, I, I think it's a really beautiful place, and um, I think that you're really lucky to go there, and I think they're really lucky to have you. Yeah. Oh, so thank you. I know what a great way to end on is Seattle. Begin talking about Seattle because that's where I am now. And sort of my next adventures are learning Seattle, like learning all about what Seattle has to offer. So I'm really excited for that. Well, I love that. And I love this. Uh, this conversation has been amazing. And if I do go there in the next couple months, we'll for sure have to grab coffee or something. I would and, love like, that do this and like talk and like maybe we can make evie skype us or something <laughs> yes i love yes. this idea right yeah that so. would be a great that's a great idea yeah. because i think that mariku malik marik marik will be marike marike will be uh yeah well, just a great. We're gonna have to, ready. yeah. We need we need more conversations with you. So definitely. How about we get to crushing though, right now? Let's get to crushing. Let's get to crushing. Crushing the Russian. Crushing the Russian. I would love to do that with you guys. I have to run. My girlfriend is trying to meet up with me, and it's last night I'm in town in Kansas City. Is that okay <gasps> if I head out? A hundred percent. Give us. Okay. What's your quick crush? Uh, I mean, it's it's the guy I'm seeing right now. So his name okay. is Tom. It's Tom. It's Tom. His name is Tom. Tom, the Tom, the middle name. school. Wait, get this, y'all. Tom, the middle school band teacher. Oh, <laughs> oh I love, I love that for you. He knows how to play instruments. Girl, right, does he? Okay, that. listen. <laughs> Thank you so much Have for joining so much. us. Thank, thank you, yeah, you so both. Much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time tonight. It has been such an amazing conversation. Absolutely. I mean, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, talk to you both soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Good okay. night. Bye. Hello, Nicole. Hello. I am very interested in your crush this week. I mean, we already found out Mary crush so i want to know yours okay um octavia spencer she's my crush to speak okay you know her yeah I you do. know her um I, so i recently watched ma which was so funny and clever and then i was like wait she's one of the most fucking amazing actresses on the face of the planet and then i watched all of her movies and it just made me feel so much better and she's adorable and her voice is perfect and she's incredible, and she's literally like my favorite. And oh, so, I absolutely love her, hundred percent. hundred percent, she's my crush this week. Like, she's so cute and like just beautiful, and I don't know, like um, she's a talented actress and too. engaging, and like yeah. everything I watch her in, I'm like, oh my god, she's the fucking best. She's just, brilliant. She's one of those women that just. We're just one of those women. You know, there's a well, few of them out she's there. She's one of those women who can fucking embody a role and do it. My like, was so silly and ridiculous. So good. It was so fun. So fucking and good. And it just it was campy and I love camp. I love, love camp. Camp and is my favorite. It's my genre. I just love her and I think she's really attractive. And I think I love her. That's all. 
Well, I think that's fair. Yep. And my crush crush this week is super easy. It's Susie. That was a great crush. I mean, it's Susie, you know, Mary's benefactor that in, that helped. Well, I I shouldn't say benefactor because that sounds gross. Um, but you know, ally, the person that is an ally actually in fucking real life. Real ally. Yeah. Yeah. Susie, we love you. Like Um, in practice, not just in Facebook banners and shit. That's fucking badass. Yes. Uh, I think it's fair to say that both of our crushes also is Marie. I mean, she's. I mean, obviously. She's and gorgeous. Obviously. Stunning. And, and she's always been stunning. And she's all, always like. She's so hot. I don't even care. Well, you know, whatever it is. She's so hot. She's beautiful. And she's funny. She she's is. Clever. But she's great yes. on the show. Yes. I mean, like, I just love, love, love her personality. I know. Well, I know that that's where you're going, but, you know, I'm the shallow one here. So just to be fair, physically, <laughs> Marika's wildly attractive, and that's fine. It's okay to think that. 100%. Yeah. But also, like, she's a great guest, and I'm so glad she was on tonight. And hopefully going to become a regular contributor. And I think that we need, we need, well, we're the Midwest, but, like, we need a Midwesterner. In the Pacific Northwest. I mean, oh, our Pacific Northwest, Northwest correspondent. Woo! And transanthropologist. Yes. I love it. And I'm going to be out there at some point hiking the good hike, doing something like that. I and having coffee. I, I mean, mean, I have no shoes but my Crocs, but I'm going to get some more before then. And I'm going to fucking hike the good hike. Probably not coffee. I'm more of a tea person. And just uh, enjoy the green. I love it. Let's enjoy the green. I love that. All right. Um, this was awesome. This was probably one Such of the best a great night. conversations oh ever. Oh my God, had. ever. After a really, really hard week, and I like joke a lot about it, but I gotta be honest, this was a really hard week. I know, week. honey, I know. This was awesome, and it felt really good to like, and I tease you about, you know, losing oh, no, no. just your Crocs, but I mean, I know that no, it's, like it's what not, you lost is a lot more than no, that. And no, no, it's not even that. It's like just the all of it together. I told you the fucking money thing, the dental thing, the flood, all of it together in one week is just overwhelming. But like, like I'm gonna pun it up right now and do a dad joke. When it rains, it pours. It pours. But I did get my dad out of the. Well, I didn't get him out of the flood. He's. Hey, he's still in my room. He's probably smelling. Uh, anyway, that's a different story. Aww. Poor dad. Um. <laughs> anyway, I love that dude though. He, you know what? He enjoys the jokes. I know that. In my heart of hearts, I know that. Absolutely. Um, so and quite frankly, he's probably not even like dusty. No. Well, he's a little bit on top, but I was afraid the first time I dusted it, I thought it was the ashes. And then I got in my nose and I really panicked about it, but it was just the dust. So yeah, I was I joking about him being ashes, and so I was saying it wasn't dusty. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, anyway, if you <laughs> wanted to find us on Facebook, where would they find us? Uh, Weird podcast on Facebook and Queerdos on Facebook. Is it? And Queer Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Whoopsies. Um, (laughs) Leave us a message, rate, subscribe, review, whatever. Thank you. Especially after this episode because Marique is amazing. Amazing. Next week, we're coming at you with a very different sound. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, super excited. Buckle up, Queerdos. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Buckle up, bitches. We're going on a ride. And we will see you guys next week between Tuesday and Friday. See you next Tuesday-ish. I mean, experiencing all those different cultures within your own I should really market that, huh? Yeah, seriously. A transanthropologist. Transanthropologist.
Oh, don't. Oh, my God. I might take that. I will give you all credit. <laughs> In, into it. Into it. Ranthropologist. Ranthropologist. <laughs> Talk about a it's... business card. Oh!